Advent arrives as the first season of the Christian year, anticipating the hopeful new thing God has in store for the world. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, and your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and shall be raised above the hills. All the nations shall stream to it. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations, and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Now is the moment to wake from sleep, Paul writes to his friends in Rome. Romans chapter 13, verses 11 through 14. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in debauchery and licentiousness, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Now may be the surprising moment for our Lord's arrival. The gospel according to Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. 
Trapped in the corner of the produce section, a young couple with two shopping carts and an unhappy toddler had cut off all avenues of my escape as they bickered over whose job it was to manage the boys' ranting. It started out calmly enough. Dad offered that it was Mom's turn, and he helpfully suggested she might want to pick up their son. Mom responded firmly that she had been handling him long before they decided to go to the store. What little David needed was more attention from his father. Dad was unhappy, but Mom had played the right guilt card. Dad addressed himself to little screaming David and authoritatively told him to be quiet. Unfortunately, Mom couldn't resist cutting in to say that was no way to handle the situation, to which Dad responded that she could have done it from the beginning. He didn't need her parenting advice. Mom clearly thought otherwise. Tempers were on a hair trigger. So in just a few seconds, they began to say things to one another they were going to regret. Spiteful things, dangerous things. And soon little David joined the fray by bellowing his own unhappiness. A very ugly scene erupted as I considered the status of several overripe tomatoes. I finally made my escape during a lull in their raging and pushed through the barricade of carts. The arguing continued. Periodically, I heard them as I trolled the aisles. But, but then I witnessed something unexpected by frozen foods. Dad stopped dead in his tracks and said, look, this is crazy. Look at us. We're in the grocery store for God's sake. Let's just stop and take a breath. They stood staring at each other. Little David brought to startled silence. After a moment, Dad resumed. I'm sorry, babe. Let's not do this. Let's start over. Let's pretend we just entered the store. Mom inhaled a deep breath, holding it for a moment, considering her options, and then exhaled. I'm sorry, too. They embraced little David in between. Given the time of year, it occurred to me that I had just witnessed a mini Christmas tableau framed by Stop and Shop. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace, goodwill to all people. This spontaneous act of generous forgiveness and forbearance was surprisingly invigorating. Somehow, they had managed to open a space for grace in their relationship right there as I held a bag of frozen corn. And it was perfect. A space opened up inside me, too. It felt physical, as though my insides were expanding. Now, as you know, I'm normally robed and standing inside this splendid sanctuary of marble and mosaics when announcing grace and pardon. Lesson relearned. Any space, any place can have the honor of hosting a most holy occasion. In fact, that seems the essential wisdom of Advent, recognizing that the new thing God has in store isn't relegated to spaces like this one. God is rushing in at us everywhere, all of the time, knocking on the doors of our hearts and minds that we might be made larger, as Isaiah said, learning of God's righteousness while walking in the light of the Lord. And what a startling result is predicted. Did you catch it? 
The people shall learn to beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. That's a breathtaking aspiration of what might be possible while walking in God's light. Here's the thing, friends. The season of Advent comes round each year to announce what time it is. Writing to his friends in Rome, Paul said, now is the hour for you to wake from sleep. Advent is wake-up time. Time to wake up to yourself, to see yourself with as much clarity as possible, to take it all in, the good, the bad, and the ugly. No more dancing around the actual content of your life. No more cover-ups and pretense. No more hemming and hawing. No more rationalization. No more costuming and makeup. The day is long past for all of that, way long past. Of course, if you're like me, some mornings you just as soon get five, ten minutes, maybe an hour more of sleep. But the alarm is relentless and the hour has come. It's finally time. The sun is about to dawn and truth will have its day. That's the promise and our calling. It's every human's calling, really. Time to wake up. Now, the truth can be harsh, to be sure. There will be birth pangs, no doubt about that. Still, time to wake up and to get up, time to take in the world, time to see what's really there and what isn't really there. The biblical writers intend their prophetic word as a positive announcement of God's desire that we wake up, that we, in fact, walk in the light of the Lord that we consider what God intends for us, even beating our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks. Imagine that. When St. Augustine was in his late 40s, he wrote about his conversion to Christ at the age of 33. He had lived a loose, undisciplined life up to that point. One day, he heard a child singing something about pick up and read. He had a copy of some of Paul's letters beside him, which he picked up and opened to today's passage from Romans 13. And he read, You know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. Let us live honorably as in the day, not in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Something clicked with Augustine. He put a marker at that text, and shortly thereafter, he was baptized. He grew into a theologian of towering significance. Why? He heard that it was time to wake up, and he did. My stop and shop adventure involved a wake-up moment for mom and dad. I don't really know what prompted it. I hadn't expected it. It came as a surprise, but there it was. A small moment of grace in which two people grabbed hold of a better way. And you know, it convicted me then. In other words, made me wonder about my own behavior patterns. In this case, my own capacity for sincere apology, forbearance, and forgiveness. Witnessing it in them made me feel like it was possible for me. Just like that, right in the grocery store. 
Like I said, it made me feel bigger inside somehow. Makes me think that maybe, just maybe, at some time in the misty future, if enough folks wake up, swords can be beaten into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. Jesus says that we can't predict the exact day or hour of our enlightenment. That it will come is a foregone conclusion, though, friends. One day we will finally take our wake-up call, whether we want to or not. It may come today or tomorrow, the day after that, or not for several more decades. And it may come only as a result of air rasping from our lungs for the very last time. But one day truth will have its way with us for good. And when that day finally arrives, I suspect many will wonder why they had waited so long. They had been pretending and posturing with life when all along they could have had the real thing. I don't know if the young mom and dad were churchgoers, but I do know that for at least a moment, they honored the God of life with their choosing the better way. And of course, that option is available to all of us all of the time. So here's something else that occurs to me. For those with the eyes to see, for those walking in the light of the Lord, as it were, it's likely there's at least as much Advent spirit while serving the homeless a meal or volunteering at our program for young mothers in Washington Heights as there is in the prayers of an Advent liturgy. Don't mishear me though. Worship like this is important, an essential component for the spiritually mature. It keeps us clear about who's who and what's what, keeping us seeking to walk in God's light. I hope to see many next Sunday and then the one after that. But you know, at their best, these hour-long occasions support and inspire the other 167 hours in the week in which we live and move and have our being. Each of those hours an occasion for Advent enlightenment, for justice and mercy, for God's grace to break in and shine forth, making all things new. Like when trolling the aisles of a grocery store, for instance.